Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with me, Chris Bright. Thinking Church exists to help your church thrive by helping you think through key strategic areas of church life. Each week, I'll be talking through a different aspect of church life, along with some very special guests. If you like this podcast, why not subscribe, give us a rating and give us a review as well. So without further ado, get your thinking caps on and let's get into this week's episode. Well, hey there, welcome to this week's show. This is Chris from Thinking Church. And uh, this week I'm talking with Lee Button, who is the founder of Thinking Church. And me and Lee are talking about mission statements. And I don't know uh, about you, but mission statements tend to be one of those statements that gets shoveled in the back corner of a website somewhere and never gets thought about and never gets used and no one can ever remember it. But actually a great mission statement is something that becomes the heartbeat or as we call it, the compass of a church. And uh, we go into uh, some real depth about the elements that are involved in making a great mission statement, how to put it all together. And I really hope that this is a really helpful conversation for you. If, if you're looking to uh, find out how you can help your church to get healthier, uh, you can just go to our website. And uh, if you sign up to our mailing list, uh, we will give you a free 10-day health check for your church and it's basically uh, 10 days it's 10 conversations that you can go through with your leadership team and you can find out how healthy is my church what do we need to change what do we need to think about doing and uh, what the areas that we can celebrate as well and uh, I'm really our our prayer is that uh, in 10 days your church will feel healthier will feel stronger will feel better Uh, so you just go to www.thinking.church and it's just on there on the home page there and you can sign up Okay, uh, let's get on with uh, today's conversation. This is me and Lee talking about mission statements. Okay, um, so today we are going to talk about mission statements. And I think, Lee, what would be good, a good way to start is talking about some bad mission statements and maybe have, have you got some examples or things that you've seen of what is a bad mission statement? I think, I think that's the thing. It's articulating what a great mission statement is, is kind of like really not as simple as sometimes we think it would be, but we do instantly recognize one that like com- is compelling and recognize ones that are bad. For me, the thing that makes a bad mission statement is don't make me read too much like something that is just paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs of information is probably not a statement so i think when people confuse it and make it too wordy or try to be too clever that that's a that that's one uh for me too general you know something that's not clear so when it lacks clarity uh, what about you, Chris? I mean, what, what, what's, what's your favourite? I know there's probably a little smirk here. It looks like you've got one up your sleeve. Um, well, yeah, I, I think I'm with you on that in that um, mission statements that are really, really long. Are, I mean, first off, they're, 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 they're so unmemorable that there's just there's nothing you can do with them so you you kind of you get in one sentence in and you're just you know your your eyes are starting to close and 
they're just they're so generic and it's it it tends to have things like um we you know we exist for the kingdom of god and we want to see all believers in community and growing and or you know it's got those it's a lot of generic statements um, yeah i mean i i felt really inspired just then exactly <laughs> exactly and i think that inspired that's... to pick a different church yes yeah and and i think many of them you know there was there was quite a thing in the, the 90s and early 2000s of um some churches doing this kind of like long vision statement which is a bit di- is a bit different from a mission statement but they what they would do is not have a mission statement but have this long you know page two pages of um vision statement of the, you know a church that they could see in the future the problem is no one wants to read any of that uh, unless in, unless that you're a really really excellent writer and you it's something that's very very compelling uh, but actually for the majority of churches it's just really not helpful and it doesn't uh, explain yeah, why they exist yeah there's, there's nothing wrong with that kind of uh manifesto statement of the church i see that kind of like the rallying the idea that that's probably a talk that you gave it was the thing that you were doing during a church change transition period and that you were like going this is where we were now actually this is the church i see it's kind of like onboard people with the direction but that can't be gossiped people can't recount all of that it's great for reference it's great to understand there's something more underlying you know supporting maybe what you're saying over the top but ultimately as much as i'm not a fan of things like you know the elevator pitch kind of way of doing things but you do have to be able to say your opener eloquently and quickly in an engaging way yeah and i think you know yeah mission vision you know broadly maybe we say you know like the mission is what's wrong with the world uh, and how we intend to change it and your vision is more the what it will look like after we've done yeah Yeah. you know uh, you know so broadly to lump it into those two categories and you know yeah they can sometimes overlap it's not a you know it's quite a big venn diagram really you know they do overlap a lot but it's like you know if you broadly think yeah you know the the mission is the kind of like you know what's wrong with the world and how we intend to change it vision is uh our statement about you know what the world will look like when we're done so that gives you some balance of like what's the one that's going on the church wall when people first walk through the door as well is it the statement of what's wrong in the world or is it a statement of how you s- intend to see things? And that's then the church I see needs to have some more backing and something fuller underneath it. Um, and like I say, you know, that that's broad brush. Like we're, yeah. not, we're, not, we're not trying to pigeonhole, but like broadly, if you're really struggling to just articulate, maybe start, you know, oversimplifying and then at least you can add some meat to it later on. Yeah, I, I always like to think about it in terms of, the island with bear grills i don't know if you've ever seen that show it's i have it's um it's it's a very good show um and uh i think it's absolutely fascinating because what what you get is you get a group of strangers that get dumped on a a deserted island just off the coast of panama and um what they've got to do is they're you know they're these are people that have you know lived in urban suburban 
places and they've got to survive for like a month or something like that. And, you know, as soon as you get on the island, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to find water and shelter and um, so, or, or food as well, because, you know, they've, they've not got any food with them. And so what that happens is that they always take a, this kind of a few of them go off on a, this journey into the jungle, into the middle of the islands, looking for food. And the, the problem is, or they're looking for a beach or something like that. And the problem that they've got is that six hours later, they've, they've come back to where they've started again. And it's because, because humans are, are, we're hardwired to walk in circles. There's actually like studies that have done on it. Of, they blindfold yeah. people and they make them walk in what they think is a straight line. And actually what happens is they go in this kind of long arcing circle and end up kind of going in, in, in almost like concentric circles and end up getting not very far. And it's almost like we're hardwired to go back to where we're at if we don't have any clear direction. And I think the, for me, the mission is a bit like having a compass. Yeah. In that if you've got a sense of direct, if you know where north is, then you can, you can always make sure that when you're in the thick of the jungle and you can't see where you're going, you've always got a reference point as to where you're supposed to go. And I think a mission statement works for me like that is, okay, why do we exist? And, and if we always go back to that point, wherever we're at and we're in the weeds of it, of church life, of running, you know, running a church, then we can always go back to that thing of why do we exist? That's going to give us the direction about where to go. Now, for me, the, the, the vision is, okay, so uh, that tree what let's walk to that tree because that tree is north and we're going to walk in that direction so it's like providing uh landmarks on the way that's going to help you get there um and 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 but actually yeah yeah it's those those things that uh that while something is as yet unseen in the distance that you can state are things that will be signs of actually progressing towards it on the way that's it perfect and I, I think that's what that's that's good about is that it doesn't make uh, mission a fixed destination. So what I don't like is so a, maybe a good example of a, a bad mission statement. Uh, and I don't want to get political here, but I will get a little bit. Is uh, the UK Independence Party had a their mission was to to leave Europe. Now we've just you know at, at recording we are in the kind of the, the, we're in the process of leaving the European Union at the moment. So their, their mission is complete. Unfortunately, what's happened now is they've got nothing to do. So the UK Independence Party is now a defunct organization and has no ongoing purpose. So I think when we're thinking about, uh, you know, we don't want to make a mission statement that's so destinational that that you can reach it and therefore you've lost your purpose for being. And I think that's the yeah. with when you put vision in front of mission, you can go, Oh, when we've reached that building, you know, or when we've added that service or when we've uh, started this program or we've um, started this community activity, then we know we've made it. And that's the problem is that, that we put those things, but they're just, they're just landmarks on the way of an ongoing journey.
Yeah, um, I, I'm going to add one in here uh, because of the year that we are currently having. Uh, that yeah, different. But I I know uh, I've been and worked with churches, been around churches, visited churches. Lots of them had things like 2020 mission statements because it was this. It probably sounded better than it was practically outworked Mm -hmm. uh, and actually put, you know, by 2020, we will kind of statements out there. And now we're in 2020 and that hasn't happened. That that's also as harmful because people then feel we didn't do that thing we set out to do because it had a time frame on it. So that, you know, there's the counter of putting something out there and being unaware that it's got a time frame or actually setting yourself a time frame and heading towards it. So, you know, I've seen churches that said that they were going to be, uh, you know, 1500 people by 2020. Now, the year that we're having, <laughs> that, that was, all, that's already not going to look like we expected it to look, let's face yeah. it. But, but actually that was also slightly too specific it didn't actually get a balance of what we're trying to trying to do either. So I think you know you, we've got to be really careful with the language that we put around them. That you know we don't we don't uh, kind of like subvert our own uh, ult- ultimately trying what we're trying to do for something that sounds good. Because the 2020 vision, obviously, you know, it references things. It's it kind of like conjures something to people. It sounds like there's clarity. Sounds like there's actual vision. Sounds like everything's in focus. Um, but it, yeah, I think there's a we 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 do get this wrong repeatedly uh, as as churches and as people. You know, it's it's something that we still struggle with. So so Chris, right? We we can't possibly talk about this without giving some pointers, these kind of like some broad ideas on useful ways to actually assess whether our mission statements are good. So come on, what what have you got for us? I can see that smirk again. Yeah. uh, So what makes a good mission statement? I think there are three things and and we actually call this our mission compass because we like to think of mission, like I said, like a compass and, and to create that, that we have three specific things uh firstly um what i'll do is i'll i'll, I'll explain them and then we'll go into an in depth yeah. and um the first one is what our class is the great commission or the mission of the the global church and um which i think is in simple terms it's uh god's kingdom come like like it says in the lord's prayer his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven and and mixing that with uh the great commission which is the kind of how we do it by making disciples and I think that's that's the the starting point for any mission statement is that it's got to it, it's got to be kind of linked to that it's got to have the essence of that in it if it doesn't have that I think it's going to struggle um, the next yeah. part of it is a uh, is your target market I think that it's about who... a target market with a church. Come on, can we use that language, Chris? Yes, I think. Well, it is. It is. It is rather terrible wording because it is rather marketing speak. And um, but there's no real better word or phrase for it. I think we've we've just thought about using you know mission field or that kind of thing, but n- nothing really seems to work as well. And I think 
target market is is can be a bit of a misnomer because i think what we think is that it means that we are trying to sell something to people which is is obviously not the case or um that we're targeting certain types of people at the expense you know and and excluding other people which is also not the case uh what it is uh, what a target market is 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 being really clear as to who you are for who what kinds of people you are for and that doesn't mean that you will exclude other people it just means that you're going to narrow your focus and it's recognizing that no one particular church can be for everybody and yeah. and we'll get into this in, in in a second that it's it's not about you know someone's age or ethnicity but it's actually there are there are deeper factors that we're trying to reach uh um, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Um, the last factor on our compass, so, so we've got mission of the church, we've got target market, and the last one is uh, the, the individual's churches, the individual church's strengths. So I think that every church has a unique calling, a new unique skill. And I think with that, the senior leader of a church has a unique calling and unique skill. You know, if, if you think of a, a senior leader of a church, they might be more kind of like a prophet or an apostle or a teacher or an evangelist. And I think when those giftings come through, it gives each church a unique flavor. And I think that we really need to have that to understand what the mission of a particular church is. It's got to include the unique flavor um, of, of the church, I think. Yeah. No, that's really, really good. So if there's no what is there a hierarchy among those which one should we be looking at first and why i think um to a certain extent that they're all um equally important and i think what if if we look at them what we can do is we can start to quickly work out that if we're missing some what happens so i think first off the mission of the church that, that if you don't have that you're not really a church. If you're not trying to seek God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven by making disciples, you're probably going to just be a charity rather than a church. And that's actually okay. There's some, some churches probably actually just need to be charities and not be churches. Uh, and and that's, that's actually okay. But I think it's being clear as to what your, um, what you're trying to do and it if it is that you're trying to bring god's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven by making disciples then then that's i think that's a vital part of being a church so i mean i i'm hard pressed to say that one's better than the other but i think that's a kind of a non-negotiable the other ones make things better or worse but that that's a differentiator between something being a church and something not being a church yeah no i, I agreed and i I've, I've actually worked with um, a church a good few years ago now where they were so driven by uh, a project, really, that, that they ran that actually there was this thing that, that the project they were running actually ended up being a charity in its own right. Yeah lots of good value stuff brought through from the church aspect but when that was actually being run in the model that was trying to then do the church and the pastoral and the care it was creating this tension and this and burnout was happening because it wasn't it wasn't really serving what it was supposed to do but once that clarity came 
the two things ended up with health. Mm -hmm. So I think it is important to make sure that we look at these things properly. And actually, it's about picking appropriate models and ways of working. And okay, that one might be more extreme. But actually, if you if you start if you start driving down into uh, programs or projects, and you start deviating from that focus of the of the of the outward and the target the people that you're reaching who are not yet part of your church that actually you can end up with this kind of like fragmenting uh and and unhealth within the church um so it is it is definitely important uh to look at yeah so so but does that does that come down to actually being able to properly identify the strengths of your church yeah absolutely and i think that every church needs to look at where they've come from uh and what's unique about them and and there's something that we do when we meet with churches is that we will help them look through the past you know up to 25 years of the church life if you know if the church is that old and because i think what we can realize is there are some really good things that have that god's been doing in the life of a church over years and it's this kind of like amazing golden thread that um that the church is being you know that god's weaving through this church and it really helps provide this sense of uniqueness to it i think if you don't have that sense of what the church is is strong about you become um you become a bit too generic i think i i'm i'm worried sometimes that mission statements can be you know if they don't contain the uniqueness of the church they could be like any other church's mission statement i don't think i don't think we yeah. want we don't want that we want a church to be to show its uniqueness to show what it's all about that it's different from other churches and that's a really really good and a really healthy thing because i think it helps people who are thinking okay is this a church that's gonna you know help me grow or this is gonna help me find faith then actually it helps identify you and make you unique and i think that's really really important for churches we don't want just unique bland generic statements that that could just be cookie cutters into any church we want it to reflect the uniqueness and i think that that's really really important and as i said earlier it's also looking at the the senior leaders strengths as well because i think that's really important that i think when it comes down to it if a if the senior leader doesn't bleed a mission the mission statement of the church you can't expect anyone else to so i think it's it's really important that if anyone has got to believe in it the senior leader has got to believe in it and 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 actually what i've encouraged some churches to do is to really think that of that as a defining factor in deciding a statement of the mission statement because if it's something that is is so ingrained in who the senior leader is what it doesn't mean is that we're, what we're not suggesting is that we should become a personality driven church because that's really really unhealthy but what but at the same time we want a mission statement to be so ingrained in the senior leader that they can live it out and therefore they can inspire other people to live it out too
just touch because like you glossed over something that it kind of like really really quickly that I think is very important that we should um I, I just I just want to raise the ego driven like we we know that kind of like yeah if you're doing anything with like force of nature and personality that it's probably not the healthiest vehicle for doing what you're doing it's a huge burden on the person that's doing that but also for people following you you end up with lots of things uh have you, have you got uh what if we identified during this process that that's prob that that's maybe where we're sat um you know because and there are extremes of that some of them do it gently and others it's it's been a long time and it, it and it's there and it's it's more evident and it's easier to spot in others than ourselves yeah um what what do we what's what's some of the questions that we have that kind of helps identify that maybe in our because it's probably a leaning a tendency for us as an organization i'm just wondering like you know what can we do to kind of like redress it is it terminal um can we do something about it uh i because even in small churches with smaller numbers but with uh, a senior pastor who's more the guy that or you know we end up with this person who's leading a church and they can end up being all roads lead to them that can also end up being kind of like you know ego driven in its own sense because yeah. everybody's attributed it to them rather than wanting it so what, what what do we do there yeah so i think when we say about not wanting churches to be ego driven i think what's really important to know is majority of churches that i've met they don't would never think of themselves as being ego driven at all but what happens is when you write a mission statement if you're not thinking about the people that you're called to reach and if you haven't defi defined that so if you haven't defined your target market then what what happens is is you talk about us and we and you say we're we're all about doing this or achieving this and and it's and and the language that you use is not talking to the people you're attempting to reach but it's just making a kind of like this a declaration about who you are and that's really really not helpful because that doesn't connect with the person that you're trying to reach and what we want to do is change it from a, the church being all about us and what we and what we as a church want to achieve and making it more about the person that we're trying to reach and actually be be the servant and actually lead by serving and saying actually we want to identify with you we want to speak your language we want to yeah. we want to work out how we can help you grow in your discipleship journey so we're not going to talk about us and how great we are and what what we're good at we need to we need to kind of yes we need to have that kind of uniqueness running through us but what we don't want to do is talk about how great we are what we want to do is serve and we want to speak to our target market in words they understand we actually speak to them not at them and so i think that's when we stop becoming a generic uh, sorry a, um, an ego-driven church and we start becoming a much more servant-hearted church by defining our target market i think right no, that's perfect. Thanks for kind of like going with me on that one a little bit. So, yeah, w what does it look like in, as we move into the into the other sections? So, I think when we put all of this together, and we've um, when we've got, we understand that as a church, we are uh, all about the kingdom of God coming on earth uh, by yep. making disciples. When we've got um, when we've got the um, the target markets 
worked out and we know exactly who we're trying to reach. And I, I think with that target market, just to bring on that one, what we don't want to do is a lot of churches work, talk about things like demographics. And demographics yes. is basically data that you can get from the Office of National Statistics. So that's uh, age, uh, marital status, ethnicity, uh, all those kind of things um, that all link. Basically, it's basically the census data. The it's kind the of things data. that you fill in on a census form. Okay, so yeah. it's also kind of like it's a snapshot that might be dating slightly, but generally, good picture. It's a, it's a good picture, but it's not helpful for us when we're working out who we're trying to reach. And, and, um, and that's because, I mean, our, my background is in, is in marketing and in marketing, we've not been using demographics to, uh, to target people for years. And I, you know, I went to uni in the mid 2000s and already that was a long gone practice of, of reaching people. And actually what is way more important in terms of reaching people is not their age or their ethnicity, but it's actually their attitudes, their interests and their opinions. So what That's they- so important, so good, so good. So what, what, they, what they're interested in, what, you know, so the TV shows they're gonna watch, the car they're likely to drive, the newspaper they're gonna read, the, uh, the political party they're gonna vote for, um, all these kind of things paint a much stronger picture than the color of their skin, their age, or whether they're married or not. Because actually you can have completely differing uh, attitudes, interests, and opinions in, in the same demographic. It's why there's a kind of, um, and you know, this, this might be a rabbit hole subject that we need to avoid, is the, the myth of the millennial or the, the myth of the, uh, you know, the boomer and that, that kind of thing that's, that there's going to be whole characteristics based upon the year that you were born in and your age. It's just, it's just not true. Or it's, if there is any truth to it, it's so generic and so bland that it does, it's not really helpful. So Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's, it's no more detail than trying to assign us under... It, it ends up being like superstition and horoscope kind of territory to think that a particular period or or being bundled in one area could group us so specifically to a a, a certain mindset. Look, um, I, I I I'm going to hit literally kind of like might make a note to the side on that one for anyone listening. Um, I'm going to quiz Chris on that in a lot more detail in some future episodes because I think there's a lot to unpack there. That it's very easy when we read things and we look at kind of like cultural response we look at what's written in the media and how things are portrayed back to us that it makes us think we have to approach it a certain way and that can actually be a distraction to what we're truly trying to achieve so we have to be very careful and understand and learn the tools to help us work through that well so that we go about this god-given mandate but i think as you're touching on that what what we're really doing is is that it, it, it still all falls back to this, uh, the, the, the discipling aspect of thinking, yeah. reaching those who are, you know, not in church, not got a relationship with God and actually encountering them in such a way that they see what this could mean for them. Um, and, and like, you know, kind of like how to get into that uh, process. So, uh, yeah, I mean, great great wisdom there chris and i, I think it's uh, i think it's, it is important to break down that because the, the millennial thing and stuff like that i think can also be done like there's some there is some stuff around it that's that's important like you know generationally it's the, the, there's always going to be markers and ways to identify 
Um, but we do attribute too much value to the meaning of what that actually is. Um, and so we have to go beyond it, especially if we're going to create diverse church that's intergenerational, reaching people from different uh, backgrounds and ethnicities, yeah. um, that we, we need to have something that's uh, a bigger approach. Yeah, for sure. I think, and, and with that, I think when we're now starting to think about putting all of this together, uh, I think, so what we could do is, you know, we've given you, you know, the the mission of, you know, the capital C church, the target market and church strengths, and you could write them all down in three sentences and think that's your mission statement. And, and then uh, the problem is that that can become as bland a statement and get, you know, shoveled on a, a website page somewhere and forgotten. And that's not, that's uh, that's a good starting point but it's not a good ending point and and yeah. and once you've worked all this stuff out it then comes the hard work you know if the first first three things weren't hard enough as it is is the next three things the next thing that you've got to do is you've got to craft that into a statement that's, that's going to be memorable and that's when you you've got to take time you've got to work with your team you've got to try as many ideas as you possibly can and find something that's going to be really really memorable we we say try and keep it to seven words or less uh so uh if you can if or seven words or fewer i should say keep the the, the grammar correct on this one um seven words or fewer and if you can get a mission statement that's in that that kind of golden range of seven words or fewer that's and, and that means that what you can't do is you can't you can't just sort of take half sentences and try and put them in you're gonna have to be a lot more clever about understanding how these things infuse together a bit like sort of tea i think probably tea is a good good way it infuses to create a great mission statement it's not it's not just sort of slotting things in to make a a jigsaw puzzle mission statement yeah. this, these have all got infused together you've got to live in it for a little bit and then come up with some great ideas that are, that are going to be something that's going to be in, inspirational and, and memorable yeah no, I, I think I think that's exactly exactly it. Is that the idea that this permeates? Uh, I like the idea that it, it's kind of that that in, in infusion. But that also is a great way to ascertain how people themselves take it up. Like actually, if it if if people get it and it is in them, then it's you can't just like extract it and take it off. It's not a badge. It mm -hmm. is. It's something much deeper. Um, yes uh, no I, I i really like that way of looking at it and and when that's... and when that happens when it, when you get something that's you know so closely linked to who the senior leader is uh, what you can then do is you almost extract it from the senior leader and it becomes yeah. something that that the organization the church organization takes on and it becomes the kind of rallying cry for the church and becomes something that will outlast your senior leader you've you've set something in motion that whoever's going to lead next they've either got to reconfigure the whole church or what's probably better is you find people that can take up the mantle of that same uh that same mission and they they take it forward into new territories in with a new vision but actually with the same mission and i think that's really really important yeah i i think you know and again i think you've touched on something else that uh we will have people listening particularly for the kind of like size churches and uh, that, that we work to that idea of doing something like your mission compass prior to succession planning yes uh, is 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 actually quite a beautiful thing 
because it actually totally honors and respects the people that have worked earnestly and faithfully to this point by taking into account that history and everything that it brings in such a way that we get to honor it and document it but also turning into something that's about overall direction that somebody else can bring their own vision of like what they see for the markers along the way that you're, you're that it, it can totally outlast uh, an individual but that people can put still put their own stamp on this as they go i think that's such a a lovely thing to think of in terms of so if you're out there and you're considering succession this is this is a sensational tool that you could be using to help you articulate all of those things of your church uh, and, and what you've got going on to, to make that process really simple but also really clear and give people stability through change uh yeah i think that's i think that's fantastic thank you so much chris yeah no problem at all and uh yeah i mean great conversation today and i'm sure there's there's way more conversation that can be had on on great mission statements so yeah Lee, thank you so much for for talking with me today and uh and for helping me unpack some of these things so thank you so much no thank you thank you chris i absolutely love it Well, thank you to Lee for joining me for this week's conversation about mission statements. Uh, don't forget that you can get a free 10-day church health check uh, when you sign up to our mailing list. Just go to our website, www.thinking.church. It's just on the homepage there. And it will just, uh, it's 10 days that will help your church be better, stronger, and healthier. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Take care. Thank you.